night. Welcome in, everyone. It's a beautiful fall afternoon in the midst of what's truly been a unique NFL fantasy football season. Uh, This is the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your destination for both some feel-good fantasy football advice and some life advice thrown in there as well. If you're new to the show, I'm Seth Woolcock, the founder of the company, coming from you pre-recorded, as always, from State College, Pennsylvania. Uh, usually I'm joined by my, my co-host and good friend Thomas Kuda, but uh, as my buddy Nate, who's joining us today from Denver, Colorado, he's the marketing coordinator and columnist at In Between Media. As Nate knows, uh, Tom's having a little bit of Volkswagen, the V-Dub issues today, so Nate's going to be filling in for him today. How you doing, Nate? Oh, not too bad, man. Yeah, I can identify Volkswagens <laughs> are uh, turning out to be pieces of junk. Yeah, yeah, I, f- I figured that out the hard way when I was 17 and, and bought just the, a lemon of a Jetta. So definitely uh, oh. heart goes out to Tom there. Yeah, man, that's no car trouble's no fun. No fun at all. No, but what is fun is talking about some fantasy football with you, Nate. Uh, excited that you're here. As always, you can find myself on Twitter at between underscore Seth FF. And you can find Nate on Twitter at JanateJack2017. And you can find the site, everything we have going on uh, over at In Between Media at IBT underscore media on the bird as well. Uh, we got content flowing, Nate. We, you know, you just had your column come out uh, on Tuesday. We had another DFS column come out uh, yesterday or today, I guess that is. And then uh, we got columns kind of come out every day of the week now. Yeah, man, we're uh, we're really getting going, and it's it's good, man. We're pumping out some good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate all the feedback we've been getting as well. Uh, if you want to give us some more feedback, we'd appreciate a review. You can leave that for us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, and Deezer. Deezer is always a fun one to say. Always a fun one to to get on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone who gets their podcast from Deezer. What about you, Nate? Uh, I have heard of Deezer, but no, I do not know anyone who uses it. <laughs> I, I definitely want to meet someone someday from there and like, like no disrespect to Deezer. They got us on their platform super quick, super efficiently. Uh, definitely appreciate them. So, uh, Nate, it's, For it's, sure. it's, it's, it's been a wild time, man. Uh, I, I think the best way to kind of dissect everything going on around the league, uh, is really jump into some weekly advice. Try to try to let people know that we're in the same positions uh, as them. Kind of make ourselves vulnerable for a little bit. Absolutely, man. I mean, we're playing just like all you guys are playing, and we're trying to figure this out the same as you are. So, I mean, what a weird year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just riddled by injuries, and then uh, here we're going to talk talk about COVID in a minute. That seems to have finally made its way inside the NFL. Uh, we knew it was only a matter of time, but things were going so smooth those first three weeks other than, you know, just those devastating injuries. But we're going to touch on all this. We're going to get you set. We're going to get you ready uh, for week four. We're going to start with some weekly advice, talk about some in-the-scope candidates to uh, look out for there on your free agent wire. And uh, then we're going to round it out with some sure things, sleeper of the week. Let's uh, let's jump in here. Beautiful. Weekly. All right, so the breaking news this week, Nate, was that several Titans players tested positive for COVID-19. 
Uh, as we know, they played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Uh, the Vikings and the Titans facilities have both shut down. Uh, you know, we, we've been taking in this news just like anyone else. Uh, we have learned today that the Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers game that was scheduled for Sunday, that is going to be postponed. It looks like uh, initially people thought maybe they would play on Monday, maybe they'd play on Tuesday, but it looks like they are going to play possibly whenever they had their bye weeks. They're going to have to make it up. So obviously this uh, this also kind of puts in question the Vikings and the Houston game this weekend. Uh, they're definitely in a better position with no Vikings so far testing positive, but we have to keep in mind with this virus, there is an incubation period where you could not test positive uh, if you were exposed to a Titans player that, that did have this. Nate, how do we how do we tackle this as fantasy managers and uh, strap us in for this ride, I guess? It, it's really been one of those that I feel like we've just kind of been flying by the seat of our pants, and you and I are plugged in more than almost anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's a really difficult situation where all of a sudden you've got four teams with players that presumably, I mean, you're talking about Deshaun Watson. Um, you've got Ryan Tannehill, who people have been hot on, Derek Henry. Big Ben, um, baby. Obviously, Big Ben, <laughs> you know, um, it hurts. It hurts to lose these players, especially we're on, it's Wednesday and you're talking about losing an entire team. And some of us were prepped for it. You know, we heard about it yesterday. We kind of thought, well, this probably isn't going to be good. Um, I, I mean, I say jump on the waiver wire. That's about all you can do at this point. A lot of leagues have given us more roster slots, more IR slots for a little bit more flexibility. Um, but you, I mean, you're looking at having to go kind of deep on that waiver wire. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm definitely with you. Uh, hopefully you had this discussion this offseason. I've played in one league now for you know years, going back to high school with these gentlemen, and uh we had never had used IR slots before. We had discussed it. We had voted on it every time it was shut down. Uh, we finally put in an IR slot this season, and we only put in one. And now, it's it, again, it's looking like maybe it's a great time to open back up this discussion. Do we want to add a second one for these COVID-19 players, or is this just going to be an SOL uh, type, type of thing? I think that's a, a discussion. If you haven't had it in your league, you need to have that. I agree completely with you there, Nate. And... Uh, yeah, uh, you're going to need to find a pivot here. Let, let, let's be honest, Nate. There are at least two top five backs, at least one that we know is going to be out this week, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, that's no fun. Dalvin Cook, he comes in questionable, questionable too now with this news. Uh, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, big names for the Steelers. Uh, a couple big defenses there as well. Uh, you know, Back on the other side of it, Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, Adam Thielen. I mean, there are some dogs out there that that you might be, you might be struggling. You might be upset because of this news. But I, I, I think we're here to tell them that that don't, you know, don't panic yet. Don't, don't lose your mind. Like Nate said, uh, let's go to the waiver wire. Let's go to your free agency finds at this point, pretty much, and uh, and and see what you can get. Obviously, you have bench players for a reason too. I believe. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I think that. If you're lucky, hopefully you've at least got enough straight up running backs, wide receivers to fill your running back wide receiver slots. And hopefully you're just at this point digging for flex. Um, there's some I mean, there's some interesting people available uh, kind of combing the waiver wires around a few leagues. Hunter Renfro is still available. That's a favorable matchup against Buffalo. Um, Greg Ward is still available. Randall Cobb is not someone I would 
roster generally, but I mean, good matchup. The cornfield. I'm out there still. I'm out there still. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Scotty Miller. Yeah. That's a good matchup. Um, And as much as I hate to say this one, I think Marquez Valdez Scantling probably isn't not a bad pickup if you can get him. Um, I'll stay clear there. I've, 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 <laughs> I I've, would. I've made my position clear on MVS, and I will I will hold that position throughout this season until I see something different from him. But yeah, Nate, I, I, we're gonna dive more into this later uh, for our listeners. Talk about some some pivots you can make. Uh, some some in the scope candidates that we have. So we'll, we'll jump right. more into that here in a little bit. Uh, I, the biggest thing is look at this as an opportunity too. Uh, they're probably not going to have their bye week when they had it, so that's going to change some things. Uh, d- definitely, definitely, I, I, it's all up in the air now. We're gonna we're gonna stay posted. Uh, we're gonna keep listening to listen to your provider, whether it's Yahoo, ESPN, Sleeper, My Fantasy League. Listen to them. Uh, they're gonna be releasing statements based on this information in the next couple of days. So, so keep up to date with them. Uh, keep up to date with Nate and I on Twitter, the site on Twitter, other fantasy. Uh, other people in the fantasy community, we'll keep you up to date. Don't panic yet. There's still a lot of time left before week four, and there's a lot of time left in the season too. Yeah, we're only at week four. I mean, and it's already been crazy fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nate, you touched on that kind of in in your column this week. And uh, the one thing everyone's kind of been talking about, and and it is hard to ignore, and I I do want to touch on this now a little bit too, is – uh, these slew of injuries have been coming uh, week in, week out. We we saw a lot of devastating ones in week two. Uh, saw some big names go down in week three, too. Uh, maybe not as, as high profile, but I kind of just wanted to run through these real quick. And uh, maybe at the end, Nate, we can dive into who we think is the most significant injury we saw uh, this week or in previous weeks and kind of how we're pivoting off of there. Perfect. Yeah, so Dallas Goddard, he was a, he was uh, he was one of my favorite tight ends coming into this season. I actually kind of took a little victory lap last week with Tom uh, about my call on the Eagles tight ends and how that could factor out. But uh, he's going down with a broken bone in his ankle. Uh, he's going to be out some time, placed on IR. You could drop Dallas Goddard, I would say. Would you Would you agree with that, Nate? Well, I, yeah, I would agree, and I think, and we can maybe touch on this a little bit more later. But the Hakeem Butler signing yes. is very interesting to me. Yes, absolutely. They 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 do want to use him as some sort of tight end. Hakeem Butler obviously was the very talented wide receiver. He was only a rookie last season, drafted in the fourth round from the Arizona Cardinals. Doesn't have a lot of speed, uh, but but yeah, he, he's a guy I want to bring up here later on when we t- when we talk about them too to kind of fill in for that. That role of Dallas Goddard, I mean, with him and now also Deshaun Jackson goes down for the Eagles in this too. They, Greg Ward's the number one wide receiver at this point. It, it's just, it's atrocious. Yep. yep. Yeah, Philly's hurting, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and like all this, all this happens and like still no, like no signs of like J.J. Arcega white side. He doesn't seem to have a pulse and Boston Scott hasn't been able to get back healthy yet and show very capable strides either. So Right now, it seems yeah. like, you know, it seems like for this offense, you're looking at Zach Ertz, you're looking at Miles Sanders, and you you can hold your breath and play Greg Ward, maybe. Yeah, that's a that's a scary one. I mean, he's out there, and if you need him, you can grab him. But yeah, I'm not. I'm really kind of trying to stay away from the Philly offense at this point. Yeah, Carson Wentz has looked like a, a ghost of his former self, and 
we can't we can't put this all on Carson Wentz. There's definitely some people who are kind of starting to come around this realization. I've been seeing it around the Twitter sphere, and I'm sure you are that when you really look at Dak Prescott this season, you look at Carson Wentz. Uh, Dak looks like the better quarterback, but that that's a completely different discussion. But you know, obviously his line is awful. They've lost starters every week. It seems like they lost two starters coming into the season, banged up all over the place offensively, and Carson Wentz just. It, is not doing himself any favors with some of the throws he's having. Well, yeah, it looks like desperation to me. There were some years here when I was a kid with uh, John Elway and some really bad teams that he looked a lot like Wentz looks this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to see. Uh, It's also tough to see out there in San Francisco, Jordan Reed, who's putting together a nice little season a bit, you know, obviously been injury plagued his whole career for the Washington football team. And now he comes out has a couple big big weeks here off the start, especially with George Kittle injured, and uh, he's going to miss some time. He's going on IR as well. Uh, a, a couple nice receivers as well kind of get concussed in week three here. Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Luckily, he'll have week four here to heal up. Couldn't, couldn't have come at a better time for Deontay Johnson owners, really, when you think about that one, Nate. Yeah, I know it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and the Russell Gage one hurts in Atlanta too, I think, pretty bad. Yeah, that that was a guy I was excited. I played in a couple DFS uh, tournaments last week, so a little disappointed in that. I mean, you know that happens, but hopefully Russell Gage can make it back. I'm I'm still holding him in like some deeper twelve team leagues, to be honest. PPR, I, I think he still has some value, and he has he has good matchups coming up, especially with how bad the Atlanta defense is. Yeah, and I think I've got him. I think I might actually have him in our office league, but yeah, I wouldn't rush to drop him right now. I mean. Julio Jones is kind of a train wreck, and well, that whole team's a train wreck, though. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, moving forward here, Tariq Cohen, one of my favorite players in the NFL, t- tears his ACL. Uh, shout out to him. I'm glad he got the bag. He got an extension the week prior, which is, is good for him, but you hate to see a player like Tariq Cohen who works so hard at his craft to, to go down to an injury like that. Yeah, that one was a real bummer. He was really starting to kind of come into it and with the extension and that's going to, I mean, Chicago's 3-0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thought. Yeah, we'll talk more about the replacements for Cohen later on here as well. Uh, moving forward, what about Chris Godwin? Hamstring injury. I'm going to jump into that and why I think that's, for me, obviously the most significant injury, but you hate to see that. He's already missed some time with concussion this season and Chris Godwin's a guy people drafted early second round. Yeah, I was hot on him. I was real hot on him, and that one hurt. I got him a handful of places, and it shows (laughs) when he's not in my lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Might have to fire up Potty Miller once again. (laughs) uh, Yeah, might have. And, man, what about Chris Carson? This is a guy who you you just really feel for. You get angered for a little bit because he's a guy who dealt with some big injuries his first couple seasons in the league really has worked hard to make himself not just a good running back, but a good all-around back. This is a guy who has really caught the ball well this season and has really helped the, the Seattle offense open things up. And he goes down to what looks like a really dirty play by one of the Cowboys' uh, defensive linemen here in Week 3. Oh, yeah, I just watched that again about an hour ago. And that was, I mean, that was just dirty and you hate to see it, especially because he was really starting to come into his own in that offense. Um, and like you said, he's worked so hard into have your season get 
possibly ended on something like that is just such a shame. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think the league needs to take action. I I can't even remember the the player's name. I was gonna go, I was gonna go find it before this show, and I was like, I, I'm not even gonna bother because I don't even want to give that guy the spotlight because that's just that's just some sick shit, man. Like you don't do that, especially now they no. work they worked so hard to get that out of the game too. Well, and especially given where we're at and all the injuries that we're seeing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go in and make a dirty play like that. You know what's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it happens. Uh, hopefully, it looks like it, it, it's only a minor sprained knee, so he, he should be back in a couple weeks. Uh, Nate, I do want to open this up to you. Uh, I want you to touch on one of the players that you think has kind of been left a big hole out there and maybe uh, someone that you can that you can pivot to this week and moving forward here for a little bit. So somebody, I mean, and this was a little bit earlier in the season, obviously, but Cortland Sutton, that was kind of a big one. He was primed to have a huge year. People were stoked about it with Locke and that offense and what Pat Shermer was going to do. And then boom, done. Um, I think a lot of people were really reeling and probably still are reeling. Um, I like KJ Hamler though. Um, he's going to take a lot of those Cortland Sutton tosses. You know, they're still working with Judy and He's the wide receiver one, but he's not going to be an option for you. He's rostered in 74.5% of the leagues in ESPN. Hamler, however, we've only got 3.8% rostered. And then Tim Patrick as well, who had a pretty decent week last week. Um, He's only rostered in 0.5% of ESPN leagues. So these are a couple of guys that, I mean, they're going to get more production. Uh, With Brett Rippon coming in, that's a little risky too. (laughs) But he's got it. The guy's got an arm. And, you know, as a Broncos fan living in Denver, I got to see a little bit, a little bit of him last season. And he's got he's got skill. He's got talent. He's he's a little raw. He's young. But obviously, Fangio and Shermer saw something in him over Driscoll last week. If they're going to start him, you never know. We've seen some strange things happen at quarterback all across the league. You Gardner never Min- know. Gardner Minshew, man, look at look at Gardner, Gardner Minshew, man. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. So Nate, I wanted to, I want to break this down, and, and you are a guy following the Broncos, living uh, right outside of Denver. There, that has more intel on this situation in Denver. They were a team that a lot of people were hot on this season. I was a little less hot than I had been in previous years, just because I had kind of been boned in, in, by Denver Broncos players in the last couple seasons, but. I loved Cortland Sutton coming into into this year. He was actually the player I was most excited to watch. Uh, but at the end of last year, I said that, and so it was really disappointing to see all these injuries. And and now, like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I almost have a feeling with these Broncos right now that like, in fantasy, as 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 other than like maybe, I mean, if you have Melvin, you're kind of riding him at this point, and if you have no Fant, you're kind of riding him. But like outside of those two players, do you really want anyone on this? Uh, Broncos team in your fantasy lineup or on your roster and I guess after that Nate like give me a little more on this ripping kid like 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 really like do you see him actually producing a cup you know giving people like maybe Judy or Handler Melvin you know some love here you know I do um Shermer's creative if nothing else not a great head coach really good offensive coordinator and they want to win and I can see I can see Patrick getting a lot of targets now, um, but I think Rippon and Hamler have been working together a lot. 
Um, and I can see Rippon targeting Hamler a lot. It's still it's risky. Like I'm not going to say go out and get Hamler or get Patrick and it's going to win you your league because it's, right. it's not. Right. But if you're in an absolute pinch, I mean, I would take KJ Ham over Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'd rather have <sighs> yeah I'd rather yeah have me too me too or Patrick over him. So I mean, if you're in a pinch, these are some guys that it's risky. It could pay off. It could. It's better than a goose egg, I guess, is what I'm getting at. If you need to fill a roster spot, you don't like what you've got around, take a look at these guys. If you can sit them on your bench for a couple weeks, see what they do, see if things increase. If you if you have that flexibility, but you need to fill the roster spot, that's where I'd re- where I'd recommend you go with these guys. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I actually called you and your wife uh, a couple weeks back for some advice on because I because I've had Melvin Gordon and I've been trying to been trying to sell him and everyone in my league is just there's not a lot, a lot of love out there for Melvin Gordon after the last couple seasons so uh, trying to ride him and eventually flip him after a good game hopefully it comes here on Thursday night against the Jets this is going to be one of those barn burners for the for the real sh- you know dumpster fires of the NFL not not that your Broncos are dumpster fire but like injuries no it's okay man you can say it it's okay <laughs> I can take it They've been a dumpster fire for so long, minus those Peyton Manning years, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been tough. Don't forget those Tebow years, man. He was he was my guy too. Dude, that was that was fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Except for I, I'm sure you didn't love it when we beat you in the uh, wild card round. No, no, you know, but it, it, if you have to go down, I was glad I could go down to Tebow. I had a Tebow jersey that year, so it, it was what it was. Nice. Yeah, uh, speaking of dumpster fires here, Nate, the Buccaneers, they seem like they're finally maybe eclipsed that dumpster fire mark. They seem like they're on their way to victories. They're 2-1 right now. However, Chris Godwin, he went down with a hamstring injury. And uh, right now, I think, is the time to buy low on Mike Evans. Because of this injury, I think Mike Evans is going to get a ton, just an absolute ton of targets coming here. Like we said, I think uh scotty miller's a guy you can maybe grab uh justin watson it was interesting when healthy but i think if if watson isn't healthy miller's a guy who can really step up play both the inside and outside role nate what do you see with mike evans he has four tds right now through three weeks hasn't really done much in the yards department but he's, he's scoring for you well what was it last week his stat line was two catches for two yards and two touchdowns yeah yep i mean that's like that's a high level of efficiency as a wide receiver, I suppose. But yeah, it's got to increase. I mean, it has to increase. He's a big body with good hands and with Godwin out. If you can buy low on Evans, I'd do it. Absolutely do it. Um, and Scotty Miller, I think he reminds me so much of Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. And we all know how much Tom Brady loved Julian Edelman and Wes Welker. Those little guys that can kind of get into those underneath routes. He loves those throws. And especially at 43, I think he's looking for more of that stuff. Um, I think they're both good buys. And Evan's the better buy. If you can get him low, I would absolutely do it. Certainly. Certainly. All right. And now we're going to jump into some in the scope and talk about some of these more free agent finds that you can kind of just sift through out there as we get later into the week and maybe find a diamond in the rough here. Let's jump into it. I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, so the first in the scope candidate I want to bring up this week is Jimmy Graham. He's owned in 33% of leagues. Uh, 
<laughs> we've been joking around on the show here in the group chat th- this month, Nate, and calling him Jimmy Grandpa, too. <laughs> I wish honky tonks didn't have no clothes in town. And I wish grandpas never died. <laughs> yeah. Jen got a good kick out of that this morning. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a funny name. Definitely got to give the fantasy footballers credit on that one. But uh, you know, he's really he's really come on. He's tight end seven right now, and obviously the three TDs boost that up. But right now, Nick Foles is now under center for the Chicago Bears. We've seen Foles in the past use his tight ends back in his Philadelphia days. This week, I think, is the real tester for Jimmy Graham. Right now, the Colts have the number one defense against the tight end position. However, they face Tyler Eifert, Irv Smith Jr., Kyle Rudolph, and Chris Herndon. Like, they haven't faced barn burners so far, Nate. Uh, cu- coming off that 6-for-60-2 stat line last week against Atlanta, how do you feel about Jimmy Graham here coming into week four, maybe as a desperation play or a DFS play? Um, I feel really good about him in DFS. Uh, like you said, we see, we know how Foles uses his tight ends. I think he's not he's not somebody that I'd want to own long term in any league because I don't think it's sustainable for him. Um, just age, and, we, and we've seen it the last few seasons. I mean, he's getting up there. He's getting beat up. Um, I'd still take him over Gronkowski long term. But yeah, I think he's a good play. I think especially in DFS or if you're like really in a pinch in a flex or a tight end slot in a league and he's available, I would grab him with the thought that if he has another good week, maybe I'm going to try and sell him a little bit high and get something out of him or just be okay with the fact that you're going to drop him. Yeah, I, I've been bit in a couple in a couple leagues with with this injury bug at the tight end position. It's normally one of my one of my stronger positions coming into the year. And I normally luck out on some of these late late round guys. Uh I really like Noah Fant coming into the year, Jonu, uh, but I also was really attracted to the Dallas Goddard and the Blake Jarwin hype trains as well, and those have kind of left a lot of teams with voids at tight tight end, uh, so now I, I think Jimmy Graham's a pivot I've been making in a couple leagues, and I've seen some other people out in the industry doing it as well, who've also kind of just lost Dallas Goddard, maybe they're playing Jordan Reed for a little bit. He's second in the target in targets to, on the team to A Rob. I, I don't see that changing. Maybe we see a little more Anthony Miller. Uh, he's a great receiver. You'd love to see that on a team that has yet to score a rushing touchdown. Uh, they're going to need Jimmy Graham to step up here. It's just a matter: can he? Can he in his in his older years here as a as an elder in our society? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Jimmy Grandpa. I mean, seriously, doesn't it feel like he's been in the league for like most of your life? It feels like that for me. At least most of my fantasy career, because I I mean, who would have thought in 2013, 14, we'd be sitting here saying, like talking, comparing Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham as like low end tight end ones or like who would have thought? I I certainly would not have thought that. (laughs) Not ever. This is the world we live in, and this is the the fantasy. This is a fantasy tight end carousel that we go on each week. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know the hard thing in the NFL is really your tier one tight ends. You've got five, depending on. Yeah, depending on the matchup in the game too, because like this week we saw Darren Waller and Mark Andrews like drop turds. 
and it's just like the tight ends are so sporadic it seems like outside like kelsey like even zach Ertz has just been okay this year and he was one of all my all-in picks like it's it's been a sketchy position none to say the least well it's a position that's so reliant on so many other things going right in a lot of offenses does that make sense yeah 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 it, it does and i think that's why they we're seeing more of these tight end premium leagues nate you and i are playing in a couple this season and it really does put a value on the tight end position. And and Nate, uh, what's a tight end you have for us here for In the Scope? So I have Mo Alley-Cox. Um, he's only owned in 15.8% of ESPN leagues, which I think is crazy, um, especially with how limited we are with tight end choices right now. I mean, we're talking about Jimmy Graham. So... Um, <laughs> I think so. When I think of Moali Cox and I think of Philip Rivers, I think back to the great um, Rivers Gates connections, right? And then Rivers and Henry. More recently, um, I mean, Cox was tied with Ty for targets last week. Um, he had three catches on three targets, fifty yards, and a touchdown. That's not a bad stat line for a guy we haven't seen a lot of. But I think he's going to emerge as a target for Rivers. Um, especially if you look at him through the first three weeks, he's got 10 catches on 11 targets. So he's reliable. And I mean, only rostered in 15.8% of leagues. You ought to be able to grab him on waivers in most leagues, unless it's a league with Jen, cause she's taken him everywhere she can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was upset in our, in our office league that she got him. And, <laughs> but I mean, Nate, when you think about it though, I mean, we just saw Michael Pittman go down with an injury. He's out at least until after their week eight bye. So we're not right. seeing Pittman. Paris Campbell's down. Really, the only receivers on this team left are corpse of what T.Y. Hilton is left and Zach Pascal, who's been hot and cold the last year or two. So, I mean, Mo, it makes sense that Mo Alley-Cox, when you really think about it, he probably is going to be the... He's probably going to be the second or third, like, leading receiver in this team, maybe outside, of, other than the running backs... Yeah, I mean, and Rivers just hasn't used Jonathan Taylor as much as I thought he was going to in the passing game, which I think is interesting. But I think that's good for Mo Ali Cox. I mean, I think that I think he's probably second to, behind Hilton. And if Hilton doesn't pick it up, we're going to see Mo Ali Cox getting a lot more touches, a lot more targets. Yeah, I think from a season long perspective, I, I I agree. I think I would prefer Mo Ali Cox probably over Jimmy Graham because we've seen we've seen this this game with Jimmy Graham before like he'll be good for like four out of the first six weeks and then won't do anything for the the back half this season so hopefully it's not one of those and maybe Jimmy Graham's actually returned to form a little bit here but I I I do like Mo Cox a lot I do like him a lot yeah and some other considerations kind of some distant targets just to keep in mind I just want to run through these quick Cordell Patterson He's a guy who's probably going to step up in that Tariq Cohen, Cohen role. Uh, check out in your league some platforms. He's listed as a wide receiver and a running back, so he could be useful come bye weeks. Uh, keep him in mind as well. Yeah, I love that one. And then Cole Beasley here, Nate. Uh, he's a guy we've seen Buffalo really step up these last these last couple weeks with their passing game. I mean, people were coming into this season and kind of ridiculing how Josh Allen had never really thrown 300 yards in a game comes out and just dominates i mean he's been nothing short of amazing possibly the fantasy mvp of the season so far up there with russell wilson and yes and cole beasley he's been a part of it he's had 
nine or, or more fantasy points in all three games this season, and he's a guy that no one wants. He's still out there pretty much in every league. I think I, ha- I have him rostered in like Scott Fishbowl, I think, which is a, a pretty deep league, and I've had him all season and still have yet to play, and that's just the disrespect Cole Beasley continue- continues to get. Well, and he's been getting it forever. I mean, he was productive in Dallas, right? and I loved um, he wasn't productive every week. He's definitely a matchup guy. I mean, you're, we're t- teams that are better at covering the slot. He's not going to get a lot of love, but Josh Allen, man, I mean, anybody who's in that offense, I would want at least a share of at least, uh, like a, a bench stash. You know, if you can, if you can get him, cause he is just blown up. I, I've loved Allen forever. I've never understood the hate. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm so happy to see him doing so well this year. It's me mad that, um, the Broncos didn't draft him when they could have had him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's, I suppose that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I, I love to be, and you know, he's not, like you said, he's not on a lot of rosters and this guy could explode in the second half of the season. 14.7% rostered in ESPN leagues right now. Uh, he keep in mind, he was a wide receiver three last season. He was a top 36 guy again, not rostered in many leagues, but he's a, you can play him in a pinch. John Brown went down with the injury this week. So I think there's even more to go around for Cole Beasley. Uh, definitely keep him in mind. He's out there in every league. He'll probably be out there next week too. Yep. And, uh, what do you think, Nate? You think we round out the show with a sure thing sleepers of the week? Let's do it. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, guys, well, our short thing sleepers of the week. I have got T. Higgins. Um, I, I can't believe this guy's still being categorized as a sleeper. Um, he's PPR wide receiver 55 in ESPN leagues. You know, if you've been following him, Burrow's starting to get more comfortable with him. His targets are increasing. And especially this week, I mean, that Jacksonville defense is terrible. And then the the run game has been unexpectedly weak in Cincinnati. Like, what happened to Joe Mixon? It's like non-existent. Like, yeah. it's – it's because this is a guy you were watching go in the first and second round of most fantasy drafts. And all of a sudden, he's gone. So, I mean, that puts more emphasis on the passing game for Burrow. Um He's only rostered in 17.4% of leagues. And I really legitimately think he has wide receiver 20 or higher potential against Jacksonville. It just makes sense to me. Um, I, I, I really just can't believe <laughs> that I'm talking about him as a sleeper in week four. Yeah, he's definitely a, a peculiar case here, Nate, because uh, it seems like AJ Green's been getting so much volume, but just can't produce with it because it, one, it doesn't seem like Joe Com- Joe Burrow is super comfortable with throwing against the number one opposing quarterback a lot of the time that is shadowing Green. So I think that's part of it. We've seen Tyler Boyd think- find yeah, we we've seen Tyler Boyd find success as well. Um, so I think T Higgins is an inter- interesting name. He's definitely seems to have overtaken John Ross for that number three role. Uh, Ross, who wasn't extended by the team, he looks to be kind of on the outsides of this team. And uh, we haven't seen Auden Tate in nearly as much as we've wanted to either. Yeah, which I think is interesting too. But I don't that that team is kind of a mess, as since he always is. Um, and I can't wait to see the day where they're not a mess. That'll be an interesting time. They've been a mess since the day I was born, I think. 
I'm pretty sure. So Joe Burrow's the guy to do it, though. I mean, and I think that I think that's why T. Higgins is on your list here. To me personally, I'm I'm still. I would be super. I wouldn't love to throw him out there this week. I get the appeal of this bad Jacksonville uh, defense and Mixon kind of being that disappearing act this season, but I I do worry a little bit just as far as continuity goes. I I just don't know if T. Higgins can be that guy uh, every single week. I think if 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 you need a guy this week, uh, if you're pivoting from a Juju or a AJ Brown, uh, Corey Davis type, I think he's a good fill in. Uh, do you see, are you excited long-term here for him at all, Nate? I am because he's building a rapport with Burrow. And if Burrow is the man, which we know he is the man in Cincinnati, and he has his guy, A.J. Green's not going to, I, I thought A.J. Green was going to retire before this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's constantly, he's constantly hurt. He just can't stay healthy. I feel so bad for the guy because he's so talented, but he, he just can't stay healthy. And he, like you said, it's just not clicking with Burrow, um, but it's it's starting to click with Higgins. You know, I was really high on Tyler Boyd this season, but that's just doesn't seem to be working out the way everyone thought it would. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be looking at T Higgins saying that he's wide receiver one in Cincinnati. And I will hang my hat on that. And now that it's recorded, I guess I have to, uh, stick with that one. I don't know if I can support that one, but I will. I'll be here for the backlash. <laughs> well, if, I, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it. And yeah, to round us out here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the hole here with my guy, Alan Lazard, aka the Lazard King. Uh, he's a guy Tom and I actually touched on a little bit in the preseason as just a guy who, after Devin Funches had opted out, was an interesting flyer at the back end of drafts. Well, I mean, Alan Lazard has really produced this season so far. He's PPR wide receiver ten. Uh, outside of, you know, Devontae Adams, who's been banged up, and Aaron Jones, who's been spectacular, he's been the best pass catcher on this Packers team, and it hasn't really been close. There's been so much hype out there for MVS, and I really am sick of it, man. It's, it's <laughs> every week between Tom or, or you or Chris Hayes, someone's talking about either MVS love or hate, and, like, not even just from our company, but from other people, like, I'm done talking about MVS. This guy, he already has like a minute of airtime on this show today. So I'm done with MVS. But Alan Alan Lazard, I mean, he's a guy we have to we have to look for right now. He he's been hot. Uh, He's continuing to put over up over 15 fantasy points per game. He's going up against now what uh what we know as an awful Atlanta defense here in Week Four. They allowed monster. Receiver weeks to uh, the Seattle duo, uh, the Dallas receiving core, and A. Rob and Jimmy Grandpa went nuts against them as well last week. So I think if there's a time to play Allen with your uttermost confidence, if it wasn't this last week, it's now here in Week Four against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and man, Aaron Rodgers, talk about. I think a lot of people were really fading him coming into the season, and he's been phenomenal. And Lazard is turning into one of his favorite targets. Like you said, you know, Devontae Adams is banged up all the time and Aaron Jones has been incredible. But outside of that, you've got Lazard and an Atlanta team that is terrible against the pass. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a week where I would start rolling him out for sure. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to not like about Lazard here. He's put up over 45 yards in each of each of his games this season. 
just went over 140 yards this last week, uh, has two touchdowns, uh, and he gets big plays. That's the thing. He's not a guy who's going to dink and dunk over the middle too much. You're going to go for 15, uh, 20 yard gains every time. In his career, he, right. he averages 15 yards per reception, and Aaron Rodgers trusts him now, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, my stamp for the approval was almost already on the Lazard King before the season, and I'm sealing it and signing it and delivering it right here. I love it. Hey, well, hey, Nate, I appreciate you coming on the show today. So last minute, giving us your time today. Uh, it's been a fun one. Yeah, man, this is a blast. I uh, quite enjoyed it. Got through the nerves pretty quick. So yeah, you'll have to become more of a regular here on the podcast. Uh, if you want to hear more of Nate or and or I's advice come Sunday, uh, we can help you out with our Sunday brunch we've been doing. Uh, it's a series of videos we come out with you. We, we each take a different position. Uh, Nate and his wife do one every week. I do one. Elliot Hicks joins us for that. And I think we're going to have Thomas Kuda on there this weekend as well. And, yeah, it's just been a, lo- just been a lot of fun. You know what I mean, Nate? Just talking fantasy on the Sunday mornings, getting people prepped for these games. Yeah, no, it's, it, we love it. Um, it. Good, They're good, quick, two minutes. We're not going to take up a lot of your time, but we're going we're gonna to pump out some solid advice and as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And, you know, things are changing. COVID is going to be is going to be added to this equation now. So you're going to want to stay up to date on us uh, on everything fantasy football, everything life advice related. Keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself happy. Uh, we're going to keep trying to bring you a mixture of the two at in between media. As always, you can find the site on Twitter at IBT underscore media. Nate, have an awesome week four, brother. You too, Seth. All right, have an awesome week for everyone as well. Uh, Keep it in between, and we'll catch you next week back on the podcast. Take care. And I wish high school home teams never lost And back road drinking kids never got caught And I wish the price of gas was low and cotton was high I wish honky-tonks didn't have no closing time I wish grandpas never died